Turning now to the latest on the former lab worker who caught COVID. According to Academia Sinica President James Liao, safety measures were not followed at the P3 lab where the infection occurred. Speaking to lawmakers, Liao said there were violations on several occasions by an infected former employee. Surveillance footage shows that she did not use the biosafety cabinet while handling rats on November 24th. She was wearing only one pair of gloves when handling one of the rats that bit her. It's believed that she and two other researchers failed to put on shoe covers when working in the lab on November 24th. When they left the lab, two of the three failed to follow the correct procedures for removing protective gear. The health minister said that Monday, penalties will be handed out once the investigation into the lab is complete. There's only five days left before the 4-in-1 referendum this Saturday. County councillors plan to canvas the streets of Taipei the day before the vote. Meanwhile, the DPP is getting creative, with one member promoting the party ticket by scaling a mountaintop. President Tsai Ing-wen also lent her voice to the campaign. Perhaps this won't satisfy everyone, but so long as it is the best choice for the overall development of the country, I will bear the burden. With the clock ticking down to the referendum, it's full steam ahead for the DPP's campaign. In two new videos, President Tsai Ing-wen called out to undecided voters. If you agree with what I'm proposing, I would like to say thank you. Thank you for considering the overall development of the nation and making the best decision for this stage in time. If you also feel that national development is moving in the right direction, in a way that's beneficial to Taiwan's international presence, then I hope you will join me and cast four no votes. Addressing the hot-button issue of U.S. pork, President Tsai switched to Taiwanese as she directed an appeal at older adults. If foreign pork meets international standards, then let's let it in. That's only fair, as we want international trade to come and go. With only five days before the referendum, the DPP is fully mobilized. Its members have come up with creative ways to stump for four no's. Kaohsiung City Councillor Jian Huanzong ascended a mountain in the early morning for this photo opportunity. His sign reads, Vote four no's for a stronger Taiwan. After reaching the top today, I took a photo on the main peak of Yushan. It says, Vote four no's for a stronger Taiwan. Actually, everyone knows that Yushan is our guardian mountain. We hope that the people will protect Yushan and protect Taiwan. Cast four no ballots for a stronger Taiwan. The KMT has released its own promotional video to get out the yes vote. The party's Taipei councillors plan to canvas the streets the day before December 18th. A video feed of Digital Minister Audrey Tang was cut last Friday during the U.S.-organized Summit for Democracy. According to Reuters, the White House had ordered that the feed be dropped after Tang displayed a map showing Taiwan in a different color to China. Citing sources familiar with the matter, Reuters said that the map had, quote, cons caused consternation among U.S. officials. According to Reuters, Washington later complained about the map to Taiwan's government, which in turn was angry that the feed had been cut. Both Taiwanese and American officials have denied the report. The U.S. has explained that the control center experienced some technical difficulties during the democracy summit. Taiwan has communicated thoroughly with the U.S. side about these technical problems. Our mutual trust is solid.
When 110 countries are taking part in an online summit and sharing their screens, it can become rather confusing. This resulted in screen changes during Audrey Tang's three-minute speech. In a statement, the U.S. National Security Council said that the Reuters report was inaccurate, that the White House did not ask that the video feed be cut. A spokesperson said that the incident was a technical error and that the full version of the video can be found on the Democracy Summit's official webpage. Congratulations are in order to our very own Stephanie Yang, seated right next to me, who's won a big accolade at the 26th Asian Television Awards. Thank you, Karen. It was a great surprise and an honor. Well, it was certainly well-deserved. At the awards ceremony last Friday, Formosa News' coverage of migrant workers was named Best News Story of the Year. The report, titled Incarcerated in Taiwan, exposes the illegal lockdown imposed on many migrant workers in Taiwan earlier this year. After one month, the Miaoli County government lifted its COVID lockdown restrictions on migrant workers at Dunan Sands Park. But what has life been like for migrant workers after the lockdown? This summer, a COVID outbreak struck an industrial park in Miaoli County, mainly affecting migrant workers. Formosa News reporter Stephanie Yang went to the front line, exposing the illegal conditions that many migrant workers face nationwide. Her report has won international recognition. Incarcerated in Taiwan, migrant Taiwan workers endure illegal COVID restrictions. Formosa Television. The Formosa News report investigated the plight of migrant workers during Taiwan's COVID outbreak. The report has won the 2021 Asian Television Award for Best Single News Story. Firstly, I would like to thank Formosa News and all my colleagues for supporting me and providing me feedback. I would also like to thank my interviewees for trusting me and giving me the opportunity to tell their stories. On behalf of Formosa News, we will continue to produce stories that spark positive change, seek truth, and be a voice for the voiceless. At the 26th Asian Television Awards, FTV scored 11 nominations for its news and drama programs. Its award for Best Single News Story reflects its long-standing commitment to quality content that puts Taiwan on the global stage. Olympic gold medalist Guo Xingchun came out on top again at the International Weightlifting Federation World Championships last Saturday. Competing in the women's 59-kilogram division, she won gold and defended her title with a total lift of 230 kilograms. She also won a silver in the snatch event with a lift of 100 kilograms, plus a gold with a clean and jerk of 130 kilograms. Guo has now held the World Championships title for four consecutive years. Altogether, she's won 10 golds at the championships. That makes her the most decorated Taiwanese lifter of all time. After the competition, Guo shared her joy on Facebook and thanked her fans for their support. She said she planned to give her all to preparing for next year's Asian Games in Hangzhou, China. World-class drone pilots gave a thrill to spectators last Saturday at a mixed-reality drone racing event in Kaohsiung. The drone racing challenge was organized by the Kaohsiung city government and the Ministry of Economic Affairs. Top pilots battled it out using a 5G-enabled mixed-reality racing drone developed by the Industrial Technology Research Institute. This drone is capable of high-quality, low-latency transmission that gives both pilots and fans a mesmerizing first-person experience. The drones lift off and the race is on. Elite pilots compete in a mixed reality drone challenge supported by 5G technology. The high octane esport is broadcast in a low latency, high definition stream. Wow, 
After thrills and spills, one winner emerges. It's Stephanie Chow, who previously finished third in the FAI World Drone Racing Championships. After coming into contact with this, I found that it feels very similar to competitions I'd been in previously. Thanks to this 5G lens, spectators get a better viewing experience. What they see is clearer. This LED-lit drone race for elite pilots was held last Saturday at the Asia New Bay area in Kaohsiung. It was organized by the Kaohsiung City Government and the Ministry of Economic Affairs. World-class drone pilots were invited to compete in a mixed reality challenge, which served as a showcase for both flying skill and technology. Right now, we're hoping to start with the first-person view and to slowly expand to a bird's-eye perspective. That is to say, suppose that there can be many nodes. Many drone signals are sent together, and we stitch them together into a bird's-eye perspective. Esports are harnessing some of the features of 5G to achieve an effect that's different from that in the past. I believe that with the MOEA and Kaohsiung City government promoting drones in the esports space, this will become a killer 5G application. During the challenge, the pilot used the first-of-its-kind 5G mixed-reality drone developed by eTree with support from the MOEA's Department of Industrial Technology. The drone is capable of one-to-many, low-latency, high-quality transmission that gives both pilots and their spectators an exhilarating mixed-reality experience. Joining hands with the central government, the Kaohsiung City government is promoting the drone racing sector. Besides hosting professional races, it's inviting everyone aged 12 and up to strap on a headset and go on a Mixed Reality Adventure. This free event ends December 21st. Taiwan researchers are working on a cancer treatment that only attacks malignant cells while leaving healthy tissues untouched. This drug called targlatin is designed to release only after it enters a tumor cell. So far, it's shown promise in animal trials against breast cancer, lung adenocarcinoma, and ovarian cancer. Researchers say the drug have few side effects and may be able to improve the survival rate of cancer patients. Cancer has been the leading cause of death in Taiwan for 41 years. According to the Ministry of Health and Welfare, more than 50,000 people died with the disease last year. The National Health Research Institute is developing a drug to increase survival rates. We're hoping the treatment can prevent drug resistance and hypoxiation. Our animal tests are mainly geared toward cancers that affect women. That's breast cancer, lung adenocarcinoma, and ovarian cancer. We are hoping to take our research work into clinical trials so that everyone can benefit. Traditional chemotherapy kills cancer cells, but also healthy body cells, dampening the patient's immune system and producing side effects. The NHRI is developing a platinum-based drug called Target Platin, which targets and destroys cancer cells, effectively and accurately delivering drugs to cells in tumors. Unlike chemotherapy, the drug exclusively attacks cancer cells, sparing damage to healthy cells and avoiding side effects. The drug has already obtained a patent in several countries. The main thing with targaplatin is that it's packed in a way so that it releases only in tumor cells. So it will only start killing tumor cells after it enters the tumor. It won't kill any normal tissue. It won't just destroy everything indiscriminately. The treatment is designed to eliminate cancer cells and to prevent the cancer spread. The NHRI says that if the drug passes clinical trials, it could be a game changer for cancer patients, raising their survival rates and their quality of life.
Let's head now to Jai to meet an inspiring young man who's using his talents to support his family through crisis. High school student Xu Yizan tragically lost his father just a month ago, and finances are tight for the family. With the help of his aunt, he set up a stall selling square pastries. A local car wash owner offered a good patch of sidewalk for the venture, allowing Xu to find enthusiastic customers. The act of generosity gives the family a chance to support themselves through their darkest moments. Pushing a trolley onto his patch, Xu Yijan sets up shop on this street corner. He's got lots of pastries to sell, and before long, the customers are rolling up to pay the bill. Business looks pretty good. Xu is grateful to the owner of the land, a local car wash owner, for letting him use this prime spot. <laughs> I got reported to the police recently. He lets me put up my stall on his empty land. He says I can hold it there from now on. I'm super grateful. <laughs> I felt so sorry for him. He had a need. I'll do whatever I can if I can help. Previously, Xu set up shop in Jai's Yojin Park, but was reported to the police. Now, with this business owner's support, things are much easier. Xu is currently studying in the food and drink department at Dongwu Senior Industrial Home Economics Vocational High School. His parents divorced when he was a child, so he and his brother grew up with their dad, grandmother, and aunt. But the family was devastated five years ago when Xu's father suffered stroke. His youngest aunt, Hui Ping, had moved to the north but returned home to Jiayi with her husband, determined to take care of the family. That's when the family street stall opened. Ever since I was little until today, I've always been holding things together. I bring the kid here in the mornings, and he helps me set the stall up. When the stall is up, they go to school. When school finishes, they help me take the stall down, and we go home together. Huiping is a woman carrying immense responsibility. Her brother suffered a stroke and her mother is blind and receives long-term dialysis. Her older sister is deaf. She takes care of her own child as well as two nephews. Altogether, she and her husband provide for six relatives. When the young man's father passed away last month, he began selling these square pastries after school to help shoulder some of the burden. It's very hard work for my aunt, the vermicelli noodle stand. To tell the truth, she shouldn't have come back to be with the family since she married. I'm so grateful to my aunt for being willing to come back and help me. He's a good kid. He takes on some of the work for me because he knows how hard it is for me. This is one family that suffered more than its fair share of challenges in recent years. But Xu still manages to smile and he contributes all he can, acknowledging the hard work of others. He takes his venture as an initiation into the world of work. And with his catering study soon to bear fruit, he has a bright future ahead of him. A new project has restructured the beaches of Hualien, aiming to create a more beautiful and sustainable coast. Created in consultation with local people, the new seawalls protect the beach from erosion. They also aim to make it easy to get onto the coast and closer to nature. The Water Resources Agency has also connected the project to a drive to encourage beach cleanups and care for natural ecology. This is the Huaren Seawall in Hualien. And this is the South Beach Seawall. Drone footage captures the Pacific coast from the air. The blue and green lines are as magnificent as they are soothing. 
If we take our camera down under the sea, we're welcomed into a fantastical realm of colorful creatures. Schools of fish float through their ecosystem, a patch of clean coastline. But it was not always this way. Hualien's north and south beaches, as well as Huaren's seawall, are all battered by wave erosion that threatened to wash Huilan Bay away until the Ninth River Management Office took up the cause. Now the beaches are back in use, more beautiful than ever. The project won a major award from the Taiwan Institute of Landscape Architects. We used a gentle slope to make it easier for the public to get closer to the coastline. We also did some planting to beautify the area and make it greener and planted some coastal vegetation. So we're both making our coastline safer and also making it easier for us to get close to the coast. Everyone who comes here loves it, whether they're here to see the sea, to watch the waves or take a stroll. This has become one of the most popular coastal beauty spots among both locals and tourists. A beautiful beach will generally attract litter sooner or later. The WRA has used its river environment management project to attract environmental guardians for the Huarong coast. With support from volunteers and local citizens, the beach garbage is getting cleaned up. Volunteers have fun and learn about nature as they go along. When we first started, it was really a thicket of weeds in a pile of garbage. We really picked up a lot of litter at the start, whereas now, we've been cleaning the beach for almost a year, and the amount of litter is gradually decreasing. We're also attracting more tourists and even fishermen. They spontaneously bring the remaining litter back with them, which is reassuring. Using this categorization system from International Coastal Cleanup, we know where it's coming from. For example, through ICC categories, we worked out that the problem with cigarette stubs on the South Beach is really serious. We benefited from lots of people's wisdom and set up a special cigarette ballot box, which not only provides a really fun landmark for the South Beach, but also reduces the cigarette issue. I feel very happy. I just moved to Hualien, and I feel I'm a Hualien person now, so I want to protect Hualien's environment. The South Beach is now an official model area for respecting the ocean, where the Water Resources Agency is using creativity and cooperation to create a more beautiful coast. We turn now to Tainan, where an old street is thriving as a tourist attraction. Even without international tourism, Xinhua Old Street is bustling with visitors who come to try its famous local specialties. The area produces sweet potato, pineapple bamboo shoots, flax, and olives. It turns these treasures of earth, the earth into souvenirs that are popular domestically and overseas. When thinking of Xinhua, this tends to be the scene that springs to mind. Of course, Xinhua is most famous for its Xinhua Old Street. The Old Street is too much of a draw. It attracts too many people. When you come to Xinhua, you can sample the sights that the Old Street has to offer. There are also quite a few specialty souvenirs that are absolutely worth the trip. This Baroque-style building was built during the Japanese colonial era. Its refurbished facade makes it especially commanding. The street is dotted with old shops selling pastries, grains, traditional Chinese medicine, and a variety of hardware. Try the fruit pastry for a unique treat. 
The secret ingredient in the fruit pastry is sweet potato. Sweet potatoes are one of the three treasures of Xinhua. Located at Xinhua Old Street, this century-old bakery shop exudes an historical charm. It's one of the many vendors who turn the local sweet potato into specialties sold as far away as Japan. It's pretty special, so I wanted to take it home and share it with my colleagues. There are probably more than 40 products in all. Through these products, we are making a local connection and showing showcasing a local food. Another vendor here has transformed a simple tea egg into a cultural brand. It uses its special marinade to stew tofu, which is used to build a tofu burger that's a must-eat for visitors. A tea egg shouldn't be restricted like that. It's not a food that's relegated to the electric cooker. It can be enjoyed on camping trips, in the mountains, and even on overseas trips. We are changing the way people consume tea eggs. We're developing the old street to prepare it to go international in the future. This building, dating back to the colonial era, is now a local landmark, which is used by community clubs. It's a living, breathing tourist attraction that shows the beauty of Xinhua's history. In a single trip to this Tainan district, visitors can travel through time and see how history is still with us in the present. Taiwan has finished second at the WBSC U18 Women's Softball World Cup in Peru. Facing off against the United States, Taiwan extended a shutout into the seventh inning. In the end, the U.S. prevailed 1-0, but the second-place finish was still Taiwan's best-ever showing at the tournament. The stars of the match were Ke Xia Ai and Valerie Cagle, the two teams' starting pitchers. They led Taiwan and the U.S. in a tough defensive battle that ended in a single game-winning run at the bottom of the seventh. 